0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 20th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and absolutely nothing happened in the NBA over the All-Star Weekend. It was a quiet All-Star Weekend. The dunk contest was fun. Uh, that the you know they played defense in the All Star game and absolutely nobody was traded. So that'll do it for today. That's not at all what happened. It was, it was a weekend in the NBA. We'll have a, a complete recap of that. But of course, the big news in the NBA: the Sacramento Kings and New Orleans Pelicans agreeing to trade DeMarcus Cousins to the Pelicans for a, a package that, frankly, doesn't seem that enticing on, on its face. Buddy healed. Tyreek Evans, a first-round pick in this year's draft, as well as it looks like a second first-round pick as well. Um, this deal really seemed, at least the rumors and the reporting came out uh, right after the All-Star game. Apparently, apparently they were right on that trade call. They'll probably make finalize the trade on Monday uh, as that deal goes through. They're already talking about it, um, and it's just a, an insane deal. Obviously, Cousins going to the Pelicans. I know that some Magic fans saw a video that was put up on Bleacher Report, uh, suggesting that the Magic had had or the Kings had approached the Magic about a deal involving Cousins. Appears the Magic just were not interested in dealing with another kind of diva center, um, who's by the way getting ready to become a free agent at the end of next season. So you'd be giving up a lot of assets or essentially a year and a half of Demarcus Cousins at this point. Uh, which I don't think the Magic are willing to do because they'd have to pretty much gut their roster to get him uh, and then use that to convince him to stay. And obviously, you know, Cousins had his troubles in Sacramento. But that's that's either here nor there. If you're looking for more on the trade, I highly suggest you go check out Locked On Pelicans for the Pelicans' perspective, as well as Locked On Kings for the Kings' perspective, both of those uh Both of those uh, podcasts do a great job covering their teams, Uh, so be sure to check them out, I'm sure. This is not the only thing that's going to happen before the trade deadline. Obviously, the Magic have made a move already, but already sounds like the Magic are beginning to make some rumblings for some other moves as well. We'll go over those tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. Today, I want to focus on Aaron Gordon. Let's start there. Uh, and then I also want to focus as well as on the Magic and their trade assets as my annual trade value column will be coming out later on Monday. But let's dive right into the main event. Um, Aaron Gordon, the lone representative for the Magic at the All-Star Game, you know, you can say he went for it at least. You can say that he at least tried to do something really special and tried to be creative and and be innovative and be uh, just out there. Um, he wasn't going to sit there and do dunks that he knew he could do comfortably and do things that he felt uh, very comfortable with. He was going to push the envelope. He was not going to sit back and say, you know, I should have been the winner last year. I'm going to just show up and win it this year. He went for it, and unfortunately, you know, he fell kind of flat on—not flat on his face because he didn't actually do that, but, uh, you know, sucked a lot of the wind out of All-Star Saturday night because— he simply didn't perform uh, for the Orlando Mag- for, for the Orlando Magic or for the NBA War- universe uh, on uh, uh, on Saturday on Saturday night gordon had this really interesting idea and it almost looked like he was he was going to pull it off uh, he, he, i mean and if you read ben golliver of sports illustrated did a, a fantastic look at how the drone dunk came to be uh, Gordon said he was going to be, use some technology to to uh, be part of his dunk routine, and act, he said he actually had two drone ducks planned. But the one that he tried to pull off, the drone came down out of this, came up out of the stage uh, uh, for the all for the All Star weekend, came over with a, with a basketball h- hanging over and dropped the ball for him to uh, to essentially alley oop it. And he tried to put it between his legs and dunk it, and, and in practice, apparently, he pulled it off. Uh, if you if you read Ben Goliver's report, he pulled it off in practice, as well as some of the other dunk ideas that he had. But when the lights were bright, Gordon struggled, just didn't have the timing down, didn't have the bounce. Uh, and, of course, the, the, the judges would, were going to take off for not getting it on the first try. And certainly a lot of the energy was sucked out of the building for not getting it done on the first try. Uh, and it took Gordon all four attempts to get the dunk made. And, and unfortunately, that was also the only dunk that he made uh, in the contest, he tried another dunk, a variation of a sit-down dunk, where he tried to do uh, a th- kind of 360 between the legs uh, on the final du- on the final dunk for him. He said it was going to be his fourth dunk if he had made it to the finals, uh, but he needed to make it. And-, and clearly, he was just off and couldn't couldn't pull it off again. And so he was out of the contest in the first round, completing only one dunk. Finished technically in last place, but first place in our hearts because you know Aaron Gordon is is, is our guy. Uh, Glenn Robinson III of Indiana eventually won won the whole thing. Just not a memorable dunk contest, really, just kind of a, a blah Saturday night. Uh, the dunk contest obviously takes a lot of that attention as, as kind of the main event of the evening. Um, the expectations for Aaron Gordon were so high. Um, you know, I think he was as disappointed as anyone else with, with how things went in, in the contest. He told Ben Golliver of Sports Illustrated, and I highly suggest you read the article if you haven't seen it yet. That you know he's probably not going to come back for 2018. It takes a lot out of him uh, to take it as seriously as he does. Uh, again, can't blame him on that. Uh, he wanted to go big. He was not going to uh, kind of shy away from it. He wasn't going to rest on his laurels again. He was going to go for it, and I think he did. And and it, I applaud him for that. Uh, you know, we don't know if the foot injury really bothered him or not. We don't know exactly what. The case was there, but it, it, he just it didn't, it didn't it never felt right. It doesn't feel like Aaron Gordon. I'm sure he'll go back and do all those dunks in practice on on Wednesday or whenever he gets back to Orlando, uh, and and pull them all off perfectly. But unfortunately, got to do it when the lights are on. And uh, Aaron Gordon failed to deliver. Uh, as for the whole All Star weekend, you know it was All Star weekend. I mean, I think a lot of people. You know, I I spent. My entire Sunday night arguing with people who are complaining that there was no defense. It's an all star game. There's never going to be defense. Um, You know, maybe you'd like to see guys play with a little bit more effort, but I'm not going crazy over it. This was an all star game. There's going to be a lot of offense. We saw a ton of offense. Anthony Davis set the uh, NBA record, NBA all star record for points scored in a game, in an all star game. The West won. I was cheering for them to get to 200. They fell just shy of that. Russell Westbrook was fun. We got to see Durant throw an alley oop to Westbrook. Um, it was a fun game. I I enjoyed it. I had fun, uh, but mostly because I was joking with people on Twitter uh, and, and working on my trade value column. But um, to me, that's what an All Star game is supposed to be. It's, it, I'm not going crazy over it. It's an All Star game, and you know I'd like to see Magic player in there one day. But but they got to figure that part out more. Um, no one got hurt. That's the most important thing. You know I, I think I think that's everything's you got to realize is this is just an exhibition. It's Not anything more than that. So, it is what it is. All-Star Weekend's over. Players get a couple days off now. Magic will be back to work on Wednesday. Trade deadline is, of course, Thursday, and so we'll get into that for the rest of the beginning of this week as we prepare for that day. But, you know, I don't want to dwell on it too long, so you know, I'm going to spend a few minutes here talking about it, and then I'm going to kind of brush it to the side, but... There were a lot of people who were disappointed, disappointed in Aaron Gordon, and frustrated with his poor dunk contest performance. And the first thing I would say is, if you're judging Aaron Gordon based on how he did on the dunk contest, you need to reassess what you value and what makes a player good, or, or what you what how you evaluate a player, especially a player like Aaron Gordon. He's disappointed, I'm sure, but. To him, it's not the end of the world either, because it's just a contest. But I will acknowledge, and and I think it's it's worth acknowledging, that this did mean a lot to Magic fans, because it has been a rough season. Twenty one and thirty seven, playoffs, more or less out of reach. Six and a, about six and a half games out of the playoffs. And this was the Magic's lone chance at something great, something memorable, something some some piece of hope to hold on to. Because, you know, when the Magic were at this point last year, at the All-Star break, they were not in the same situation. They were a little bit better. But the season was feeling lost. And Aaron Gordon lifted everybody up just for a moment. For a moment, the Magic were the talk of the league. A Magic player was the talk of the league, at least. And Magic fans could say, you know, we've got Aaron Gordon to watch. There's something to grow here. Because this kid is special. He's got something special. I know he didn't take home the trophy, but uh, there was definitely a positive vibe about the Magic, even with the trade that was about to come. Remember the... the, uh, Brandon Jennings, the Tobias Harris trade hadn't happened yet. But it, it, it felt like the Magic had something special to build off of because of that weekend. And Aaron Gordon all of a sudden became a very marketable player for the Magic. Someone they could pin their hopes to. And, and I think for, lar- for, for a large extent, he still is that player. Like I said, the, the, the dunk contest shouldn't change perceptions. But the dunk contest did, in a way, become a symbol for the Magic's poor play this year. Like Aaron Gordon, the Magic entered the season with high expectations. The Magic expected to make the playoffs and take a leap forward. They saw something in their team last year, and they made some tweaks and made some changes, but they saw something to say, now is the time to push our chips in and go to the playoffs. And of course, that failed completely, or has failed completely. And the Magic seemed to be going in another direction. Aaron Gordon, too, had those expectations that he was going to make good on last year and finally win that championship, and finally win That dunk contest. And not only that, I mean, perhaps expectations reigned too far with him. Not only that, he was going to top what he did last year. And, And he said he was going to top what he did last year. There was a lot put on Aaron Gordon this weekend. Whether he felt it or not, I'm sure he put pressure on himself because he expected to win too. But there was a lot put on Aaron Gordon this weekend. And he fell short. And he didn't fall short in a good try, you'll get him next time type of deal. He was a true disappointment with his performance. Like I said, it's probably a little unfair to pin all that on him because he went for it. He really went for it. He had big ideas and just couldn't execute it. Whereas, you know, the magic perhaps had big ambitions, but perhaps rushed things or put things put the cart before the horse. A night though that was supposed to be a little bit of a celebration, a little bit of a relief, a little bit of a exhale for magic fans. Turned into the same misery that that the season has become. It turned into the same frustration and, and somewhat the same anger that the Magic have experienced all season long. This isn't all on Gordon. I, I Like I said, a dunk contest means nothing. Gordon's going to come back to Orlando. He's probably going to play some more four, which is nice. He'll have a good end of the season. I have every faith he'll finish the season strong. but the feeling that magic fans wanted saturday night it just didn't it just didn't crystallize and it would have been cheap and it probably would have been not that not that winning a dunk contest is cheap but it would have been silly perhaps like it was last year and it would have, but it would have been nice for the magic to have a victory a win SM solace for what's turned into a very very very
0: tough season for the Orlando Magic. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's ACE's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is 9.99 and our two pack of LED floodlights is only 12.99. Buy one get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.
1: And, of course, the final 24 games of the season are going to be interesting, and and we'll be here for them, of course. Uh, But it, it does very much feel like that... The Magic are going to kind of be playing out the string here. We're expecting the Magic to remain active ahead of the trade deadline. We're expecting them to, to perhaps make a move as, as early as, as, to, as, you know, at some point before the trade deadline. Um, last year they made a deal, they made the Tobias Harris deal the Tuesday before the trade deadline. So, um, they're, you know, it's possible they make a deal before practice Wednesday so they can get guys in, get them ready, and have them ready to play Thursday. Like, I, I think there's, you know, I've heard some rumblings that, that there might be some real concern that, that that Thursday's game, like, they're still pushing for the playoffs. I mean, Rob Hennigan said at the end of the Terrence Ross press conference, um, or the press conference announcing the trade, Um, he said, you know, our goal is still to make the playoffs. So I I think the Magic are cognizant of that and they want to have whatever deal's done, they want them done well before Thursday so they can have that player play Thursday. I think, you know, I don't think the Magic would admit this, but I think they were not happy that they did not have Terrence Ross last Wednesday against the Spurs. Like, I think they really wanted, they really pushed to get him playing for that game and, and hurt them that he didn't play. So with that in mind, I, you know, Stole uh, an idea from Bill Simmons. Um, You'll you'll know, remember from ESPN.com back on his Grantland in page two days, he did his trade value column where he ranked the top hundred contracts in the NBA essentially or top hundred trade values in in the NBA. I, you know, put it to the Magic, which is a little bit easier to handle, uh, and kind of assess what the Magic's trade pieces are. Uh, and, and that post will be up. The full post with all 14 players will be up late Monday. Uh, but I'm going to go over the top five here. So a little bit of a teaser. If you listen to the podcast, you can get my full thoughts on the entire team uh, at the end uh, at the end of the day, end of the day today, essentially. Number five, I have Alfred Payton. Uh, still feels like a core piece of the team. And actually, last year I had Alfred Payton at number five as well. But a lot has changed for Alfred Payton in a year. Last year, he was really struggling, uh, but he was still the clear starter. The Magic weren't taking him out of the starting lineup anytime soon. He didn't really fit Scott Skiles' motion offense. He needed an offense that put the ball in his hands and let him drive and and, and attack a little bit more. Uh, but if you believe the reports that are out there, that Scott Skiles and Rob Hennigan flashed over Alfred Payton, and Skiles... Did not think Peyton was a star, was a future point guard point guard in the league, and, and Hennigan did. Uh and eventually, you know, it came to a head and, and they picked Peyton. They stuck with Peyton. And when Peyton's been good this year, he's been really good. Like, he's been really good. But the problem with Alfred Peyton is it hasn't been every single day. It hasn't been every single game. And that's a big concern when it comes to Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton may still be the fifth best contract on the team. $10.5 million over three years. He has a qualifying offer due uh, for the 2019 season, so he'll be an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2018. Uh, he is up for an extension this summer. I think it's going to be a huge question for him, both him and Aaron Gordon, whether the Magic offer them extensions and what their future is, because as much as anyone, Alfred Payton's position in that top five and Alfred Payton's position as a top as a starting point guard in this league, is under attack. It is very realistic and very possible the Magic make a move for a point guard at the trade deadline. They Apparently, and I'll go over this rumor a little bit more tomorrow, um, they have apparently had some interest in Reggie Jackson of the Detroit Pistons. That's been pretty well chronicled. Um, Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders reported also that they have had interest in Brandon Knight as well as Drew Holiday. I think the Drew Holiday interest might be dead now that, that New Orleans is probably going to make the playoffs with, with their roster moves that they made on Sunday. Um, but it, it with a point guard-heavy draft coming up too, it feels like Alfred Payton's time is running out with the Orlando Magic. He's fallen out of the starting lineup again. He's been in and out of the starting lineup all year. And Payton still has value, but not as a starter anymore. Um, he, he's on a rookie contract, so that makes him easier to deal. But I think the rest of the league are going to be down on Peyton. They're not going to view him as a starter, number one. And I don't even know if the Magic view him as a starter anymore. Uh, and a point guard coming off the bench who can't shoot and needs the ball in his hands a lot probably is not someone that's going to garner a lot of interest. I think the Magic will be able to shop Peyton around. He's not a killer contract at all. If a team needs a young point guard and is willing to take a little bit of a risk, Peyton's a good guy to have, but... Peyton's spot at number five this year compared to last year is very, very different. It doesn't feel like Peyton is plateauing. If if last if Peyton was going up his rookie year, he plateaued his second year. You know, we could say just bad coaching. This year, he's starting to decline in value a little bit. I think the Magic sense that, and that's why he's been on the market a little bit. Number four, I have Evan Fournier, and again, like the the premise of the Bill Simmons column is you would trade straight up considering player production and contract. You trade straight up player four or player five for player four, but not player four for player five. That's that's the premise of of the trade value column. Um it's hard. I guess that's the easiest way to explain it. But number four, I have Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is in the first year of an $85 million contract, so it makes him very difficult to move. Um his production has been okay by every account. I mean, he's scoring a career high in points, but that, that might largely be because the Magic don't have any other options. And I think the biggest problem with Evan Fournier and his production, is simply that he's been miscast. He is not and should not be your primary offensive option on the wing, on the perimeter. And yet the Magic have had to ask him to be that. He's best when he's spreading the floor as a shooter. He's best when you get him in a pick and roll off a ball reversal or rotation. He's good at attacking a defense that's trying to close out on him, and he's good at making shots. That's more sec- thats more third option in an offense than first option in an offense. It's... Not Fournier's fault, he's had to play a role bigger than himself. But as far as his trade value goes, first year of a contract, it's gonna be very difficult to trade a player in the first year of his contract. There's there's just no getting around that, especially a player like Evan Fournier. No one's gonna be willing to take that risk on on a third option guy. You know, the magic kind of had to, but uh he's been he's been really miscast in, in the role that he's been that he's had to play for this team. A role like he had last year where there's Oladipo and Harris to drive the ball and kind of suck the defense in to give him some driving space, that's a good role. That's a much better role for him. And finding a way to get those kinds of players is going to be the tricky part for the Magic. They need to create more spacing. I think Terrence Ross is going to help a little bit with that, but Evan Fournier is still going to have to create. And I think Fournier has felt like he's had to force things a little bit more than perhaps you would want him to but Fournier is still a valuable player. I still think he has value around the league. I still think put I still think teams like him as a player are just in the right role. The role he's playing in Orlando is not the right role. And for now, it's going to be it's going to be very tough to trade him without taking on a bad salary because he's in the first year of that deal. You're making a long-term commitment. In another year, in next year's trade deadline, that could change. Uh certainly in 2 years, that will change. He'll be much more valuable. So the magic I think they like Evan Fournier, they like the kind of player they like the person he is, they like what he can bring to the team, it's just an odd fit for him right now. Number three, I'm going to go ahead and put Terrence Ross at number three. I originally had Serge Ibaka number two, so if that, that should, or Serge Ibaka number two or number one, uh, probably number two, um, that should tell you where he stands. But Terrence Ross, to me, well, I don't think he'll be traded before this trade deadline and, and he can't be traded in combination with any other players for the next three months because he was just acquired. Come the draft, maybe, and certainly next year's trade deadline, Terrence Ross is going to be a really interesting piece to watch. First off, we don't know how Orlando is going to play him. So there's this potential that the Magic are going to give him more opportunity on the ball. He's not going to be playing behind DeMar DeRozan. You know, He'll have a little bit more freedom to to maybe attack and explore his game a little bit more. And that could... Up his value, we should see his scoring go up. He's averaging a career high points per thirty six minutes this year. Um, he is having a relatively efficient year as well, and, and that might decrease as his, as his usage goes up. But he is a really interesting player. Really athletic, good shooter, can go off at times. Can go off at times. A little bit inconsistent, but some of that might be his role. He's going to be a really interesting player to watch, and, and, and I think the mystery of what he's going to do will drive up his value. As we get closer to the next trading period, not this trading period, but the draft and perhaps next year's trade deadline, if if, you know, depending on how things are going for the magic or who they end up drafting. Terrence Ross is on an affordable contract, thirty one million dollars over the next three years, including this season. So, you know, you knock off about 10 million, you know, he's getting paid about $10 million a year under this salary, under this salary cap, that is a bargain. And so don't be surprised. Again, not this trading period, but like at the draft. Don't be surprised if Ross's name pops up a lot. He's going to be very valuable, especially if he plays well these final 24 games. This is a big opportunity for Terrence Ross as a player to grow his game individually and perhaps increase his value. And that's why I put him above Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is probably a better overall player than Terrence Ross at this point. Ross has more potential. Has a little bit more mystery about him and has a much more team friendly contract. That's why Terrence Ross comes before him on the trade value column and why, you know, I'd I'd trade Evan Fournier's contract for Terrence Ross's contract right now, straight up, if I had to, because I think Ross can give you a lot of the same things that Fournier can give you uh, much cheaper and, uh, a little bit, you know, much at a much cheaper rate at this point. So, uh, again, we'll see what Terrence Ross gives. It's not a knock on Fournier at all. It's just kind of business. It's a contract the way that's set up. Uh, But that's kind of where I stand with Terrence Ross. Number two on my trade value column, I have Nikola Vucevic. As much as Magic fans really like Nikola Vucevic, and, and really, especially this year, have really come to his defense. He's a guy that absolutely cares about this team, this organization, and this city. He made his name here. He wants to win here. I think he takes the losing, and the frustration of this season harder than anybody else on the team, or as hard as anybody else on the team. I think Aaron Gordon is right there too. Evan Fournier is right there as well. Uh, but but Vucevic has sort of become one of the leaders of this team in that sense. Uh, ha- having said that, Vucevic's contract is just so team-friendly. To sign the extension that he did, And, you know, still have a couple years left. He'll have two more years on that extension after this. Even under the old cap, his extension was a bargain. To get a double-double for about $12.5 million a year is absolutely insane. That is just incredible value. And while Vucevic has... His offense has decreased a little bit this year, but his defense has been as good as it's ever been. To have that... to, To have that is good. But... If the Magic are going to really improve their roster and take on a big salary in return, Vucevic is a guy they've got to explore trading. He is, to me, he's the most likely player to get traded. He is the most likely player to be dealt anywhere in the league. Because his contract is so affordable, you know he can produce, and the Magic have Bismack making you know, making $17 million a year on their bench. It sounds really callous and I know, but it as much as he hates seeing seeing this and hates seeing the rumors going around, Vucevic is is gonna be the guy that's gonna be mentioned most in trade trade rumors. He is the most tradable asset on or not the most tradable asset, but the most the asset the Magic are most willing to trade on this team. Alfred Payton, like I said, is gonna be tough to deal. His rookie contract is a big plus for dealing him. But his inconsistency makes it really hard. Nikola Vucevic, on the other hand, is very easy to deal. The problem is there isn't a great market for for bigs like him. And so the return isn't going to be great. But the Magic will probably be exploring deals and Vucevic will probably be involved in those deals right now. And number one on my list, the guy that we spent the first 11 minutes of the show talking about, Aaron Gordon. Former fourth overall pick, still on his rookie contract. He'll be a restricted free agent in the summer of 2018. Uh, He's entering an extension year. He's had a strange season playing the three. I think he's found his niche defensively, offensively. They're still kind of figuring things out, and I think another summer of development will help him out a lot, but it's almost time to decide to pay him. But if the, Ma- if the Magic are going to make any big moves, if the Magic are, would, are going to push for a superstar, push for a big-name player, Aaron Gordon's the guy that teams are going to want. This is the guy most teams will ask for in any trade that is made. Because he's the best, not the best player on the team, but he's the most tradable asset. He's the most attractive player on the roster. And so he's the guy that I think the Magic should be most hesitant to get rid of. Should uh, He's the guy that still has the most potential to turn into a star and blossom into something. Um, I think the Magic are still figuring out where he fits. And yeah, three years in, into his career, that's a little bit of a problem because this summer you can start figuring out what you're going to pay him and what his value is and what what, what his extension value is. Uh, and then from there, you go on to restricted free agency and you don't know what he's going to be worth by then. And Gordon is a prime candidate to go to restricted free agency and say, we don't know what you're worth. Go out, and pr- go out and prove something. And if he's really good, they'll pay him. And if not, they'll let him walk. And it's hard to, hard to figure him out still. But he still has shown enough promise in a lot of areas to be worth exploring more. Whether you're another team trying to trying to see, hey, can we pry this guy out? Can we get this guy out? Or for the Magic saying, we're not trading him yet. you got to really blow our socks off to trade it because we still believe in this kid. We believe he's going to turn into something really special. And he's shown flashes of that throughout the season. Defensively, I think he can be an all-defensive team player. Offensively, it's been rough, but he, he's shown some, some ability to, to play strong on that end. And I think one of the big questions remaining for the rest of the season is figuring out how to unlock more from Aaron Gordon and then to put him in a position to succeed next year because I think he can be a very, very good player still. And of course, we'll, we'll see what happens now as the trade deadline gets gets nearer. Those are my top five players on my trade value column. Be sure to check that out when it publishes later today. It'll be at the end of the day on, Mon- on Monday. So if you... You know, away from your computer, you're listening to this on your drive home from work. It's President's Day. You may not even be working. Um, but check around 3.30, 4 o'clock. I think that's that's about the time it'll be published, depending on what else breaks that day. We'll have a couple of other posts as well on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as we are leaving the All-Star break and now heading toward home with the trade deadline. We'll have a lot more about the trade deadline. I'll have a little bit more about the draft as well on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic as we get set for the stretch run, the final 24 games, as well as the big event, the trade deadline in the NBA. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I hope everyone had a very good weekend, a very relaxing all-star weekend. We're back at it again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your Daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcasts Network. Your team every day.
0: Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our 4-pack of LED bulbs is 9.99, and our 2-pack of LED floodlights is only 12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.